Hello listener. Really quick, before the episode actually begins, I'd like to give a quick content warning. This episode includes themes of abuse, racism, and sexual assault. So if any of those are uncomfortable to any listeners, I would recommend skipping out on this one and listening to the next episode that doesn't include any of these themes. But yeah, with that being said, enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm T. Hi, I'm Morgan. Hi, I'm Darlene or Danny. And I'm Austin. And we're, we're anything and everything. And today, oh well, I mean you can take over if you want. <laughs> and today's episode, we are going to be talking about toxic femininity, toxic feminism, anything that surrounds it, anything and everything about toxic femininity. Period. But this is just, but just Period. to make a note, we are feminists ourselves. Or yes. just can acknowledge the toxicity that goes within. Feminism. You know, I really like the word that you mentioned the other day where you were like, you rather call yourself a womanist? Yes. I yes. Really like that. I, I, I will like say that. this. They, they're they feminists. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, bitch. <laughs> no, I would, I would consider All myself... All right, there's the door. Well, yeah. I would consider myself to be a feminist as well. Yeah. And background story on womanist. I said that because basically the foundations of feminism is basically based on, damn, a lot of base, on racism. And me, myself and I, me, Darlene, <laughs> me, Danny, and Austin. Yeah. And we have our spicy words. <laughs> our people the of color. Oh. So, obviously. The <laughs> Oh, we are people of color, and so we just don't want to face racism within, like, something that should be able to liberate us. Yeah. Susan B. Anthony was a racist. We can get into that later in the episode. Oh, right now. Margaret Sanger <laughs> is a racist. I'm pretty sure people know that she's a racist, but I guess she's seen as, like, a feminist... Yeah. Like, yeah. figure, but they're both racist. So, womanism is a term. Now, what is your guys' point of view? On, <laughs> on toxic femininity? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the quote too. I know we've said this before, but I really hate using this as like the example, but I hate like this word because it, it just like screams toxic femininity and putting it on girls that are just different and label them as like pick me girls. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like it's like a perfect way to describe like what toxic femininity is like just women like trying to conform to like males I- ideal like woman mm-hmm. or like what they think men like yeah or like what what men accept like I think when we were watching the Pixar short today <laughs> it's called Pearl it's like a perfect example of how like women find that they need to like conform to like the toxicity <laughs> that men like exploit and everything and in order to fit in in order to grow in their career in order to grow in their environment and instead of like being like divine feminine or just being like inclusive and equal with everyone so for me that's what toxic femininity is it's just ignoring like what femininity can be and trying to be masculine Mm -hmm. in a way that's so like toxic and I don't know like discriminating towards other women Mm -hmm. I like what we said the men episode how some like when we brought up that 
I think it was in my episode. We brought up the woman song, not woman, la la la. Yeah. We were like, it's kind of forcing a type of yeah. feminism on like women, and it's not really like beneficial. I don't really like putting labels on like what is masculine and what is feminine. But I think what is divine feminine is not having, like, a label on what, like, being a woman is. Like, what you enjoy. And that's why I think it's so toxic to label girls who like video games or like only hanging out with boys as pick-me girls. Because Mm -hmm. you could just like doing that stuff and feel more comfortable. Because I know plenty of guys that feel more comfortable hanging out with girls Mm -hmm. and and talking about makeup (laughs) and like, different other things that are considered feminine. And I feel like if we're putting those labels on, like, what is feminine, what is masculine, then we're just creating this toxicity and this, like, like, I don't know, like, dividing each other Mm -hmm. constantly. And for me, I feel like girls, like, and women, we, we have more pressure when it comes to, like, being women. Mm -hmm. And I watched this one TikTok on, on how, like, outrageous sport fans who are men are labeled passionate when they like dress up and they do face paint but girls who are bts stands or are like harry style fans they're labeled as crazy and and toxic and obsessed obsessive and i think that's just a perfect example of like what like sexism is you and like how we constantly are dividing each other into like these sections and not letting people just enjoy things Mm -hmm. and enjoy what they like and labeling things as feminine or masculine I mean I think that is what divine feminine divine masculine is is just like letting people be people and not trying to like I don't know be toxic about it Mm -hmm. so like I wanted to like I guess kind of well I don't even know where I want to personally start it's two parts, I guess. Uh, part of me is asking, wanting to know, like, were you guys also taking part in the misogyny, um, at least in a younger age? Because I feel like I was. I, mm-hmm. like, stood away from, like, girly clothing because right. I didn't want to be associated with that. I actually tried to stay away from pink because I didn't like that for a long right. time. Um, I tried to also, like, hang out with the boys, you know, yeah. because I didn't want to be, like, this, like, very feminine girly or like representation or whatever and then the other part of that is I guess to you um Austin because I'm really surprised because a lot of guys have the misconception or like misconcept of like what's the word misconception I don't know misconception Uh, Misconception. yeah of what feminism is because um when I was talking to my ex uh prior to dating them they were like oh yeah when you told me you were a feminist I thought you like you were like those crazy obsessive women that like want to hit men or something like that and I was like when do you what if I do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so I was like what and they were like yeah it was kind of a turnoff at some point and so I was really shocked that guys find that as a turnoff and not only do they have like what the word association with it like wrong like definition for it I guess but then I don't know like how do you feel when did you realize that you were like for like women's rights and all that yeah I mean sorry there's like two parts that I just threw in there no you're good um yeah I I've always been for women's rights but like I mentioned in the past there's an eighth grade part of me that was very edgy just doing stuff to, to like get people's attention saying shit I didn't believe and really bad shit that I didn't believe that I said to impress other guys 
to be honest. Yeah. And with with that, I guess sort of not only like having a mother and like two sisters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only guy besides my dad, and even then, my dad always taught like respect and. Uh, you know, just sort of how to treat women right. Like, like I'm gonna be honest. I, I when I was a kid, I was horrible to my sisters, and like some of the shit I did back then, like still kind of haunts me to this day. Yeah. And because I noticed at certain points in their lifetimes that I could have really hurt their self image, that's when I decided like I need to. Like, we joke, we argue and stuff, but nowhere near what we do now is as toxic as what I used to, like, do and say to them. Just because I didn't think about it. You know, they did that stuff to me. I did that stuff to them. You don't think about, like, the long-term consequences when you say stuff like that to other people. So, like, with with feminism, I've always been friends with girls. I've always considered myself kind of like a more feminine person. I've always been more comfortable in the presence of, Mm. of other women and... It was, I think the the misconception you're getting at, or like the misconception that feminism has, is basically the popularity of social justice warriors in 2016 mm-hmm. and 2017, and just... Um, Which I kind of don't get, like, why are you labeling that as, like, everyone? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like how the conservatives view Black Lives Matter, like, they think it's a terrorist group, and... Mm. and then they stormed the fucking capital it's ridiculous but with feminism i have noticed (laughs) when i was getting in that edgy phase i'd hear a lot of guys saying like oh god like this new star wars it's just trying to get to the woke sjw propaganda and with that i've always like there's a big difference between what social justice warriors try to do and yes i can agree to some extent a bit of what they're doing can be like somewhat annoying the overall idea of feminism is just wanting men and women to be treated equally. And you know? why wouldn't I yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't I f- fight for that I have or so much agree to say with that. that? So first, okay. First, I want to rem- <laughs> I didn't know I was a feminist till my best friend pointed it out actually cuz right. I was complaining to her about what my mom was like pushing onto me. I was like, I can't believe my mom wants me to cook but she's not doing the same to my siblings. I can't believe she expects me to clean but she's not expecting my brother to clean. I can't believe like She's treating me so unfairly and yet not putting the same expectations on my brothers. It's like this uneven like playing field. Yeah. And my friend was like, you know, you're probably a feminist. And I was like, what's that? And then I went home and I looked it up and I was Literally. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess I am. I was like, we need to be treated equally and stuff like that. Dude. So that's when I discovered when I was a feminist. It was yeah. seventh grade, I believe. Oop, here you wow. <laughs> but that's early. Yeah, that's really early. I think early. it was like high school. Time, but yeah. I think that Mine was, was just, freshman year. I think that was just putting the actual label on me before actually, like, my views for like a while were that, but I didn't know that, that there was a word for right. that. I just thought I was frustrated with my mom. <laughs> yeah. I heard the word feminism before... I probably got to high school until I got to high school. I was like, oh, this is what feminism is. I like this. Yeah. And then I got more into research about feminism, and I was like, I'm a womanist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's... Sorry. (laughs) No, go ahead. It was surprising. I think it was my sophomore year, because it was the last year I did my law enforcement class. Yeah. And there was this one girl, and she was complaining to my other friend about saying, like, it's not fair how guys are being treated like different than women why are women being so put at like the lowest level and men are expected to like just perform or do better and like women aren't given the same resources as men and i was like 
honey, I think you're a feminist. And she's like, what's that? And I was, like, kind of shocked that she didn't know, but, like, I explained it. I was like, yeah. everything you're listing is what a feminist wants. We want to be treated equally. We see that there's this uneven playing field right. against us, and it's not fair. And she was like, oh, okay, I think I am that. And then yeah. I don't know how she, you know, how her life changed that day. <laughs> yeah, and I do want, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to, like, change the subject back to what you were saying about, like, how, um, you, like, changed, like, tried to be more tomboyish, like, when oh, you were me? younger. Yeah. I was, like, the total opposite. I tried really? to be, like, the ultimate, like, feminine, like, like, ideal, like, feminine person. Like, I loved pink. I mm-hmm. wanted to be, like, super girly. I always wore dresses and skirts, and I was, like, super girly. I, like, listened. I didn't really talk that much. I was very shy, mm-hmm. and I didn't really speak up for myself, and... Honestly, like, I feel like a lot of that is due to, like, me hiding, like, my sexuality and Uh not wanting to, like, experience, like, more masculine things, but also being labeled as things like a pick-me-girl if Mm -hmm. I was, like, beyond, like, what people thought was feminine. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you're put in those, like, states of limits, you just get so confused as, like, a person and who your personality is because... You're trying to be this person that everyone expects you to be mm-hmm. because of who you are and what you look like. And I think one of, like, the biggest, like, realizations for me was, like, yes, that I'm, like, gay and everything. But also, like, cutting my hair was really powerful for me because I feel like a lot of people, especially in, like, Catholic and Christian culture, associate, like, long hair with, like, beauty mm-hmm. and like femininity and when I did that I remember my family was really mad at me for like mm-hmm. doing that but for me that was like a step towards talk like cutting off this the part of me that was trying to be super straight or right. was trying to fit in or Your was old trying pictures. to be like <laughs> yeah like when you show you my old pictures like it's almost embarrassing to like see like and it's almost depressing for me because like that was probably like the lowest part of my life was just, like, trying to, like, be this person that I just wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of girls are stuck in, like, this, like, like, middle ground where they feel like they, they have to rebel against everything feminine or they have to conform to everything feminine. And there can be no, like, middle ground or no, like, um, in between. (laughs) And that's not true. I just want any people listening to this that like you don't have to conform to anything just be yourself Mm -hmm. and find what you feel comfortable with because there's moments where I love showing like how feminine I am with how I dress what I look like what I put on my face what I do with my hair and there's other times where I'm like I don't give a shit like about Mm -hmm. what anyone thinks I'm gonna wear this today and there's times where I wear a like a binder and then there's days where I just don't and I love experimenting with like being gender fluid and I just wanted to like share that perspective like Mm -hmm. that queer perspective of like I don't know like embracing like the kind of like in between aspects of like what gender could be and I don't know like I don't think it has to just be for women. I think it can be for men, too. Like, you don't have to always be this super masculine person. Mm -hmm. I find that my brother is put in this box constantly to be this, like, man-of-the-house, machismo kind of style. 
and like he has all this pressure to like get married have kids and settle down and like raise this family and everything and it's kind of crazy because I know he doesn't want any of that and he doesn't speak up for himself and it's really sad because I feel like a lot of the time I do hate men <laughs> but also I kind of feel bad for them in a way and I don't know if Austin you've ever felt this way but like I feel like men are put in this box of like not being able to express any emotions Mm -hmm. because they're supposed to be tough or they're supposed to be this way and it kind of screws up every like Mm -hmm. person's like chance for equality sorry um but like remember that tiktok of that one guy that was like like expressing that he didn't really like women but like the vagina he was like oh i don't really like it but like i'm forcing myself to like it that's a perfect example of how people, like, try to force gay on, on like, men who say things like that when it's really just toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like, for for decades, or for centuries, women have been taught that their, like, body has been, like, very, like, disgusting. Yeah. And almost that they're undesirable if they smell bad or if mm-hmm. they look a certain way. I mean, there's some cultures where I've read about that exhibit, like, body positivity in such a, like, beautiful lighting. Mm-hmm. Probably through, like, Hindu culture. It's so beautiful how they respect women and how their deities are, like, women and how the women are even badass mm-hmm. and they're, like, gods of war. And yeah. Greeks did that, too, where they established, like, that power that women hold. And for me, I feel like... That's kind of been lost over time, like through... or at least in the U.S. Because yeah, what was it? Um, it was a TikTok, and I was seeing this um dancer in Brazil because I forgot what it's called the parade that they do, but she was doing the samba. Carnival. I think carnival. is it yeah. called carnival? I thought it was like something else, carnival. So they were doing the they were like practicing right, and this woman, um, she had like very little articles of clothing because I think that's I what sent that to you. <laughs> And she, like, was dancing, right? She was just practicing because they were all getting lined up because right. behind her was all the band guys. And, like, they weren't looking at her. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, to, like, what am I? Like, to, like, to not, like, to respect a woman right. and to, like, not overly sexualize her to the point that everyone feels comfortable and, like, isn't staring at her. And then I was looking at the comments and everyone was like, why are you commenting on her body? But a lot of the comments that were commenting on her body, I guess, were, like, saying how they were... Beautiful, she was. Beautiful, and then how, like, in shock that, like, the men weren't, like, eyeing her. So sad. Because it's just so common, and, like, they, like, accept it and everything, and I was, like... It's so sad that, like, people can't, like, imagine a society where men are constantly, like, sexualizing women. I think in European countries, they actually have, like, Mm -hmm. topless beaches, and, like, it's so normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But you also have to contribute that to, like, the media we have in America is completely different to Mm -hmm. European media. Yeah. the nudity we show in, like, our media is so limited. And when it is shown, it's, like, our immediate. They're very pornographic. And it's so, not like so people don't grow up with that. And then 
there's more people who like want to go out there and find it and they find it in like the wrong places like porn Mm -hmm. and when you find like sex and nudity and expression through porn you're learning how to objectify women you're not learning how to respect them yeah so i have so i have a lot to add to what y'all have been (laughs) saying um especially that last bit um yeah so part of what also what I was thinking of got me into feminism is just being so fucking fed up with um, certain members of my family continuing this narrative of like toxic masculinity. Yeah. And because I got so fucking sick of it, there were moments where I was like just so done with some of my family members and like in order to kind of rebel against them in some way or another. I would go out of my way and be like, like with my water bottle, this expresses like everything about me. Like there's yeah. a human sticker, there's a Hello Kitty sticker, there's Criterion stickers, you got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you got vinyl shops. Like this, I take this fucking everywhere I go right. to let people know like, hey, this is like me in I a nutshell. That human sticker. <laughs> and yeah. I think I got that at the, where the Edmanas. I have a whole oh. pride section on my yeah. water bottle. But um, a lot of a lot of just being so fucking fed up with toxic masculinity and being taught by my father, like, hey, you don't have to abide to that bullshit. Because at one point That's he amazing. was kind of pushing that on me. I right. think I really noticed a difference in my dad, like after the divorce. Once he accepted who yeah. he was, he started accepting us, and See, it was such a amazing thing to go through with him. Can I like? interrupt you for yeah a and at one point i want to bring up the objectifying so the yeah. last time when we were on the men podcast we were talking about how there was this statement that was um don't shame women teach your sons or whatever yeah but i want to just like say out there like after like taking a lot of time to think about that i feel like that statement has a lot of like i don't know like gaps because I think we should teach our sons, but who's going to be left teaching our sons? The women or Mm. the men who have had that generational trauma and have had that boxed-in feeling telling them that they won't have to feel this way and that they can um, be better than that. They don't have to conform to these ideal masculine views. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we say, like, teach your sons, then it's like, okay, mom, like, teach your son, like, to respect women. But mm-hmm. it's like, that is, like, not just the mom's, like, no. I think that Austin. It's on both. Yeah, I think it's on both. But I think Austin saying that how his dad, like, told him and everything, like, hearing it from his dad, I think that's really powerful because, like, there's times where I I wish that, like, my dad said that mm-hmm. to, like, my brother and was saying, would say things like, I grew up with the machismo kind of lifestyle, but I don't want you to ever do that. But my dad wasn't like that because he was the machismo yeah. kind of person. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm not going to do shit except cook and leave a mess and then you guys clean oh, it up. <laughs> and so... Not even the cooking. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, my dad was a cook for his whole life, so nah. he always liked cooking. Not mine. He would be sitting somewhere, and then he would expect me, like, give me my food, right. or give me the remote, and it's, like, a but few feet away, and I was like, you can get up. I'm not saying that moms can't teach their sons, but I feel like that, that like, statement, it, like, it kind of is just, like, left out there, and it's, like, the men aren't taking responsibility for no. teaching their sons. Mm-hmm. They're leaving it up to the women. Yeah. And so it's they like, how is this cycle going to end if you're constantly like, okay, teach your son, like, 
that's your son too. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's funny too, is that men constantly want to be like, this is my son, I'm so proud of him. But once there's some shit that has to be taught or has to go down, it's it's the mom's son. Yes. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said right there. And that, like, right there, what you said, it's the whole, like... Men should know better. They should know better than to leave all that all that teaching up to the mom. Because at that point, there's a chance the mom might not even teach him. My mom taught me a lot, and and I'm and I'm gonna give her credit where credit's due. Like she, my mom has taught me so much, mm-hmm. and I really do care about my mom. I love my mom to death. Like, but there were some moments that were implemented or that weren't stopped where. Right clear toxic masculinity was being implemented in my life and as a result like I remember as a kid being like they don't fucking like me for who I am and and I was worried I had a whole scare for a second like am I because at that point you're either like straight normal or you're gay and because I was so scared of people finding out my dad was gay at one Mm -hmm. point because I didn't want people to think like oh that's Austin's gay ass that like no yeah. one said that yeah but once I came to that conclusion that like like once I saw how proud my dad was just being who he is he's not my gay dad he's my dad who so happens to be gay mm-hmm. and That's and beautiful statement yeah <laughs> and and like I would I'm gonna cry <laughs> after a while I would be proud and tell people like yeah my dad is gay but almost like at one point, it got a little braggadocious, and I told him about it. Like, and and, and <laughs> yeah, it's because I was so proud of him for accepting who he was. Yeah. I told everyone that instead of just saying, "Yeah, my dad so happens to be gay," like it it shouldn't be like something that defines my dad. Yeah. And my feminine traits shouldn't define me because I'm still me at the end of the day. Well, like, they're I'm, not feminine traits; they're just human. They're, traits. Yeah, it, exactly. We human need to traits. Take away that like label, on right? What every action or behavior, stuff like that, is to, like, not only not feel like we have to conform, but also right. to be in a more open and, like, safer environment to express right. yeah. everything. See, I feel like people all always confuse, like, what people identify as with, like, I don't know, like, what is, like, their traits. Like, you can have whatever trait you want, and you can identify as a man, you can identify as a woman, you can identify as non-binary. And so, like, for me, like, I don't think we, we should take away, like, the, like, identification and how, what you find pride in, because I know there's a lot of people who find pride in being a woman, and I find pride in, in being, like, gender fluid and being able to express, like, both sides of my masculine and feminine traits, but that doesn't mean that, like, I don't know, like, I'm not able to exhibit traits beyond what is labeled as feminine, what is labeled as masculine. So I just think it's important to understand that, like, identification doesn't mean that you... Oh, my gosh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) That you uh, can't, like, express your, like, own, like... I don't know. I just totally lost it. No, you're good. But, yeah, just, like, I just want people to know that, like, you can still find pride in, like, what you identify as without trying to conform to what you identify as. Mm -hmm. There's human traits, and those traits are both feminine and masculine traits. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we should put them in negative lighting. So. Yeah. Y'all have oh, okay. So, I know the topic was um, toxic femininity, right? And we kind of 
Um, I don't know. But, like, the thing is, T, you mentioned, like, white femininity, right? Or was it yeah. or white toxic femininity? I, yeah, oh, white toxic femininity. You got this one, girl. Okay. <laughs> I like how we have different perspective, perspectives of feminism. It's like we have, like, what you say, like, your queer, like, yeah. feminism point of view. And then, like, we have your point of view. Or it's, like, <laughs> feminism. And then we have your point of view from fem- feminism as a male and then I wanted to get into like the black view of feminism because mm-hmm. I have noticed that especially with the whole black lives Ma- black lives matter thing going on I was like okay who's going to speak up for us and it was kind of like depressing but so for me white feminism what I think it means is when white women only speak for feminism for themselves and what benefits them. Yeah. So, like, they'll use the protection of white men for their feminism. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete mm-hmm. sense. And, like, I also feel that white feminism is just constricted to, what do you say, cis, heterosexual, white females. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I hate that so much because yeah. I know, because I remember I was going through TikTok, like, white feminism like my whole for you page was like blasted with white feminism for Ooh. a minute like what it is not like uh. actual white feminism but there i found out that some people didn't like the term womanist because they didn't they not were like feminist. They, they didn't think it wasn't feminist they're like let's not like exclude or whatever right mm-hmm. it's like that's why we have something called intersectional feminism but i was like i do find a lot of power in the word right. womanism because mm-hmm. i don't know it's like when you think about what started feminism and like the whole feminism movement you're just like right. i don't really want to do that i don't mm-hmm. want to identify yeah. myself as that i even told my best friend about it she was like oh i never even knew that and i pulled up my quotes okay okay Oh, did ya? So, we yeah. all know who Susan B. Anthony is. I remember in middle school, I had to do a whole project on her, and I was like, this girl is so cool. She advocated for women to vote. She led marches until the day that I found out she was a racist. So, this oh. is a quote from Susan B. Anthony. I will cut off this right arm of mine before I will ever work or demand the ballot for the Negro and not the woman. Mm. Susan sure. B. Anthony. So... I don't know, just finding out that, like, because being black is just... women's rights, too, right? Yep, but she yeah. wanted white women's rights. But yeah. Damn. So how do you sad. not fight for, like... It's like, how do you not fight for women? But, like, it's such a... Like, right. I even notice it sometimes, too, like, within social media. I know... Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think TikTok's on that, like it pushes white feminism I because like, I heard other yeah. people that are like POCs they said that like you really have to search through the algorithm to right. get like people of color to pop up yeah. on your yeah. page and talk That's about other really topics. Sad. I had to do that for months when I first got TikTok I was like I just well, want they had that trend people where, of like, color. If yeah. you hear the sound of your black you just post this. Watch the black as as fuck show. No. Oh, it's is that really the... good. I've so seen one of the things they talk about is how during the civil rights movement, how black women had to choose between the feminist movement and the civil rights movement. Why? And obviously they chose the civil yeah. rights movement yeah. because their husbands and brothers were being killed in the streets and they mm-hmm. wanted to go help them. Damn. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so the feminist movement was priorly like white. 
females and so like there wasn't inclusive from like the start where susan b anthony but then over Mm -hmm. the years it just didn't get any better either yeah and i know like another big i'm pretty sure that she's like a big feminist figure because well my introduction to this person girl (laughs) because my introduction to this person was like her history of racism i don't know if she's actually like a big feminist just drop the name her name's well she's she's not alive her name's margaret sanger she's the person who started planned parenthood oh yeah. and like birth control and stuff so the way that i was introduced to her was her so yeah like we love planned parenthood like blah 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 but the planned parenthood was mostly installed in black neighborhoods because she wanted to get rid of them so it was kind of like exterminating the black community that's why there were Planned Parenthoods there and I remember because in I think it was my sophomore year or junior year I think it was my sophomore year we did a thing about like a pretend court system Mm -hmm. so one side had to defend Margaret Sanger and then the other side had to like go against it Mm -hmm. and i was just like learning things from both sides and i was like holy shit this bitch racist (laughs) not her trying to get rid of us but yeah but i feel like nowadays for white feminism i was like going through tiktok and like researching more about it and i see how a lot of the people that a lot of the celebrities that some people look up to because they're like oh, she's a hardcore feminist. We love her. She's going up for women. It's kind of like, <coughs> does she Sorry, <laughs> Does she also stand up for, like, the LGBT, like, trans women? And, like, does she go for women of color? And, like, the big names that I know Selena I Gomez is an example of actually doing oh, it correctly. Really? Yeah, oh. she spoke up during, uh, I think, Black Lives Matter before. Oh, like, I thought you meant like she was, and I was oh, like, what? Oh, yeah, I was like, what? I, was I, like, mean, what? I mean that I, I really look up to her because everything that she's, like, done and, like, like pushed out on her, like, social media to, like, get other people to also read about it and learn about it, I was, I was like, this is exactly what you should be doing. And then people were like, ah, I sucks because... I personally feel like Taylor Swift is, like, a white feminist because yeah. she, not that I've heard of, like, fought for anything besides, like, when it came to involving her, mm-hmm. like, with her own women's rights and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember reading, like, an article, and, like, the title of the article was, like, Taylor Swift, having fun with your girlfriend is not considered feminism, or, like, sticking up for your girlfriends, and I was like, damn. <laughs> or, like, Emma Watson... Those were, like, the two big names that I heard of. I didn't really, like, fully get down to it, and I was like, I can kind of see how like, mm-hmm. Because who was it? I think it was during the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, certain artists were getting called out by, like, their fan bases because they were saying, why are you not speaking up? Yeah, I remember. I think, I'm pretty sure Billie Eilish was one of them, too. Everyone, I remember yeah. that being a big mm-hmm. thing. It was like, why aren't you sticking up for, like, Black Lives Matter? And a lot of, like, the fan base, like, people that were fans of Billie Eilish, they were like, because... Her contract or like her company. Oh yeah, speak they were making matters. excuses. But like, this is literally human rights, mm-hmm. and like these are people's lives. Why and are you, you not literally speak have up fans of color, and why are yeah. you not speaking up for them? Yeah. And like, I'm gonna say I don't care if it's controversial. How are you gonna profit off black culture and not stick up for it? That's so. Yeah. I literally hate that shit so much. Like, her black you're gonna be. <laughs> You're gonna get into. I remember her. I remember her saying something about like rap, hip hop music shouldn't like some. She said some shit about hip hop music, and everyone was like really mad at Billy because they're like, 
Even though you get some inspiration from it too. So how are you gonna like talk shit about hip hop or like? Did she talk shit about hip hop? I don't. I don't remember like the exact quote, but I remember a lot of people being mad at her. Yeah, I'll have to do some research on that. But it's just it's annoying. But I will say that feminism from the black point of view, I love. I love my for you page because it's like just uplifting black women, and Mm -hmm. I learn more about like black figures in history that actually like made history like there was a black ice figure skater that she didn't win Mm -hmm. she didn't win like the olympics that that year but they were like even though she didn't win she made such an impact on like the olympic figure skating Uh and then i love reading quotes from like black artists and i just love black music itself too because like kendrick lamar I know we're talking about toxic femininity. I just gotta bring up my boy Kendrick though. <laughs> I just love his music, especially for like the Super Bowl. I remember watching that, like his segment, and I was so hyped in that scene because it looked so cool. And I was just like, I fucking love this. I love being black, and I just I don't know. It's such a cool thing the to experience. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> this is why we need representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was trying to find the. There was this one thing we talked in my criminology class, and it was about this birth control that was, like, distributed in, like, the 90s. And it, like, was not FDA-approved, but it was still placed in, like, pharmacies in, like, poor areas. And also, like, um, third-world countries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, all these women they would either there were like a lot of women that got like a lot of like uterine uterine line like um diseases Mm -hmm. and ovary um cancer and everything ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. and from this like um birth control that they were distributing and there was this lawsuit right and the they they had all this evidence for how this company was producing like all of this stuff and how it was like a white collar like um company or whatever and that was the reason why they weren't getting taken down and how the justice system was not helping these women in any way and the only compensation that these women got was five thousand and five hundred dollars for literally getting cancer what the heck and it was a huge case in like all of like the criminal justice system because the white collar job was obviously paying off the justice system and they um, foreclosed on bankrupt- bankruptcy so they wouldn't have to pay off mm. any more women oh, for the shit that they caused. And it was so sad. But after a long time into the investigation, because people are still investigating this so that it never happens again, and the FDA is like very strict on like how these things can get out into like pharmacies and everything mm-hmm. now. And it's, like, if this happens, like, ever again, like, women could be compensated millions of dollars from these companies. So they are fixing it in a way, but after years of investigation, they found that they were putting it in these poor neighbors, neighbor um, hoods on purpose. And it was almost to, it was almost like revenge against these communities. And it's, it's so sad because it's, like, like, innocent people just getting what they can afford because of course they made this contraception cheap so more women would get it Mm -hmm. and 
it's just it's just so sad how these things just go by unnoticed or unrecognized and how already we have a birth control and contraceptions for women that are so fucked up like Mm -hmm. like the idea that we rewire a whole woman's hormone system so they won't have a baby instead of men just getting vasectomies or taking birth control that has twice as less side effects as women and i wanted to only bring this up because we're talking about how like um white toxic feminism and everything and i feel like that contributes it to a lot because a lot of these stories just go untold mm-hmm. about these communities, about how they have been through so much. And I think it's so sad how something like this, like if this happened to a rich white female community, it'd be all, all over the fucking place. And it happened in the 90s, which you could say wasn't that long ago, but mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was pretty like... It feels pretty recent. Pretty like only recent, like, what, right? 20-ish, 30-ish years ago? Yeah, 30-ish years ago. And, I don't know, to me it's just, like, sad how, like, the feminist movement has discriminated against so many people when it's supposedly supposed to be equalizing people and bringing people together. And for me, like, being a woman... Being a feminist is including everyone, no matter what they look like, no matter what their stature is, what their race is, who they identify as. (laughs) And it's just, I feel like feminism is like a perfect example of like equality. And I don't want to smush all of these like, like social things together, but I think that it shouldn't be this thing that we discriminate people like in this movement I think it should be more open to different people especially the queer community I feel as like a queer person we're constantly discriminated against in the feminist movement because they're like no this is for women only but especially if you identify as a woman and you're trans and everything it's so hard to be like recognized in the feminist movement and if you're like me, who's like kind of in the like non-binary pool, I guess you could say, like it's hard for me to get recognition because they're like, well, you identify as non-binary, then you're not a woman. But I still look like a woman. I still am treated like a woman. And I don't know. I just, what I'm trying to say is like the feminist movement is more than just women. I think it is being seen as equals. And I think that, we're not gonna get there with the way we're going, yeah. but I also noticed something. I keep saying TikTok, but like yeah. TikTok it's is a actually, good resource. Yeah, TikTok if you're on the right side of the ad it's very educational too. But like, I remember seeing this one thing where, like, a toxic femininity thing or like very forceful feminine thing is whenever. So so there's a minor. She's on TikTok. She's gonna post videos with her. In like less revealing clothes, that's like pretty dangerous. And then there's some feminists are gonna be like, she's why can't she just express the way that she feels? Why can't she just like do whatever she wants with her body? And I'm like, I don't think that's very feminist because it's kind of predatory. Because 
we want to protect like right. minors. We don't the want gray areas. That's a really yeah. good point that I've never really thought of. I do. It's especially what was it? Ugh. Like Charlie D'Amelio or like Millie Bobby Brown and stuff like that. When yeah. They're, like when they're minors, especially Tra- Charlie D'Amelio when she was like starting off her career, there was like, oh, it sounds so fucking awful. And they were like, there was accounts where it was clearly like run by a man, and they would try to like adjust the lighting so they can like see what the clothing underneath oh would be those are cat challenge but it was like the background was red and then like they showed their silhouette of their body there yeah. were men on the internet trying to like there were videos being like how to remove the filter so you can see what they're yeah. wearing so sad. and i think that's where like a gray area starts to come because as a, like we realize the dangers of getting sexualized at such a young age but like we also don't want to like stop a girl from like yeah going like down the like toxic route of like oh i can't wear this because then i'll be yeah. like sexualized or something like that but like it's just you d- you, you don't, don't shame them you yeah. just educate them and like yeah. you know when you put this out there that like people will see it and like you just educate people on like how they can do this safely because mm-hmm. you don't want people to s- sexualize them especially if they're a minor mm-hmm. and I feel like as a parent too like I've gotten like shameful talks about like what I'm wearing and that's like traumatized me mm-hmm. so I would never approach it in that way I would approach it in a way of educating like your daughter in like a way of saying like you're allowed to experiment and like do whatever you want with your body, but just know that, like, there are people out there that are creepy about this, that ruin it for everyone. You're ruining it. it. Yeah. (laughs) But I I think just educating people on, like, how to be safe about it and just know, like, sometimes that, like, the internet is just not the best place to express yourself sometimes because there's just so many people who are so negative and so hateful and like tons of people are body shamed and i'm i'm kind of scared in that aspect to to, like post Mm -hmm. on media but yeah just to like educate people Mm -hmm. on like what to be safe about what was the thing that we said i I don't remember if we said in the men's podcast or like we were just saying it in a conversation that Mm -hmm. we had or like the whole body positivity movement and how that can sometimes be toxic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just every time I think about body yeah. positivity and toxic, like how toxic it is, I just think of CNMA. Yeah. I, I literally think huh? about that all the time. Do you know CNMA? She, the TikToker. Who, I have no idea who oh, this is. Oh, she is like this girl who like <coughs> got really popular. I'd say like last year. I don't know. Did she get popular through dancing two years ago. No, she got popular by literally like. In these videos where she'd show the top of her face or whatever, (laughs) and she'd be all pretty and everything, and then the next shot would be, like, her, like, exposing her... Pushing her her stomach out. Pushing her stomach out and exposing her gut, and everyone was like, she's the face for body body positivity, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. But after a while, I feel like more people were noticing, like... She's faking This is not, like, body positivity. This is, like, forcing body positivity and forcing, like her gut and everything so yeah i i think anything forced is really bad like because i'm i want to go into the film industry i can tell 
there's a big difference between feminism representation and forced feminism. Yeah. yeah. A, a big example of that for me... Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel for sure, but the <laughs> first time I noticed it straight up, like seeing it on screen, um, I think where feminism goes right, even though I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, I do still enjoy it somewhat, mm. but like... People can argue with me about this, but like Birds of Prey, that one I feel like has sort really? of like a forced feminism. No, 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 no. Uh, actual feminism. Oh, okay. And the okay. forced feminism I like... that I noticed was, it was it was okay for a while in Ralph Breaks the Internet, but there's a certain point where Ralph is falling, and there's like this. Well, Ghostbusters 2016 also I, I think yeah. is forced feminism, but there's but bad. in that scene where Ralph is falling. If the girls, if the if all the princesses just saved him, that would have been cool. But they're literally like, look up there. It's a big, strong right. man in need of rescuing. Like, uh, it makes the feminists look almost like, mm. like, what? Do you, what's the word? Like, you know, that's masculine. masculine. N- not like, masculine. Like, like, they're trying to shove it in people's faces. And it makes us come off as obnoxious, <laughs> which I hate. See, that's what Captain Marvel is like. Go after. Yeah, go <laughs> Sorry, but like people argue about this actually. That scene in Endgame where all the women are like gathering I collectively. Love that scene. I don't. I don't like. There's that. a difference Endgame. between Endgame. that and, and Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yes. Infinity War. I really liked it oh, because I that was the one. No, no, no. That one was I good. really like. I really think that they executed it really well because it didn't feel forced at all. It just happened naturally. Yeah. Like they saw a girl in danger. They were like, let me help my bestie out, you know? Exactly. And then in Endgame, I just, I, I literally had to turn away from the screen. Was it, I feel like it was where, because they all just stood there. Yeah. yeah like, and they were doing it. It was anything. not natural. It was mm-hmm. just like... No, okay. yeah, like women, you know, like they're all standing strong. together in a line. That's what it's bad when me. I was like, uh, like yeah. even when I was watching it, I audibly went like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I didn't like it. See, like, I think that's one of the reasons I loved Wonder Woman the first one so much mm-hmm. is because like they just like was so natural with her like femininity and like being a woman and like her, like, feminist views and everything, she was like, why aren't we just seen as equals? Like, I, for me, like, that was just, like, so, like, natural how she talked and everything. (laughs) And it made so much sense, especially how she grew up and everything with, like, strong women always being around her. And that, for me, was so powerful, like, seeing that in, like, media for the first time as, like, a girl and everything. And it was incredible. And then we get people like Captain Marvel, who I'm really excited yeah. to see in media. And then I'm like, why are they trying to make her like a man? Er- like, it it really pissed me off. And I know a lot of people are like, she's she's just like, she's just like that. Like, she's, that's just her character. Like she's, she's just a badass or whatever. But I'm like, you can be a badass without being an asshole. And like... Yeah. That's just like Tony Stark I, had more vulnerability like, in fucking Civil War yeah, than her. She's just that. like she's like the high and almighty. Yeah. They joke about it she's, even in like X-Men. she walks into a room and is like I've got other plans to save and it's like bitch then why are you here like that's <laughs> like, just like, a leave. rude thing yeah. to say like for anyone like no matter what your gender is like if if Captain America or fucking Iron Man said that I'd be like bitch then why are you here like yeah. go, go somewhere, somewhere else, else. even in the new X Men there's this really bad scene where the new Dark Phoenix one where Sophie Turner is the main character and she turns bad I I didn't watch the whole thing but there's a line where I turned it off was when Jennifer Lawrence said God like she was horrible in the movie but she was like God with all the 
with all the stuff us women are doing, they should be calling us ex-women instead. Like, it was so forced. It, oh, you I could hated tell, that line. You could tell Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to say it. Yeah. She was, like, forced to. It was... <laughs> It makes us come off as obnoxious, and mm-hmm. I am not for that. I, I want our image to come off as like, hey, we want to be included, not like, we're going to shove it in your face, ha yeah. ha, all this compensation <laughs> after no, all these years. You know why they do that? Because they have such little representation of women in media. What's that, that one that test? In order, yeah, it's the test. It's the fucking oh, test yeah, you that, they that, have the to, that they have to pass. And so what they do is these they force these really unnatural cheesy scenes so that just they to have pass it. just to pass this fucking test. And there's a big difference between that and like what the seventies did with like black exploitation films. Like those were very cheesy, but like the idea of them, while some of them are kind of dated, like there's a big difference between them like you like y'all said, clearly trying to just pass that test and yeah. like embracing like promising something with an m it's like the minors what is that myers it's where it's something i I know like one of the requirements is like the two women have to have a conversation that's not about a man involved or something like that i don't know what it's called it's not it's not completely accurate because some movies they'll just be like talking for like two minutes about like the, the Bechdel test. The Bechdel, Bechdel yeah. yeah. You know, a really good, like, things that I grew up with that probably contributed to my views Monster today. Monster High. Monster High. <laughs> yes. Bar- Barbie. And then The Winx Club. I really I love, love The Winx Club. The Winx Club. Club is good. And did you know? But the Sorry. male representation in those shows, you have to understand, like, they're just so, like, I don't know, they're just so accepting of the women. And, oh. and no, yeah. Gonna, I was going to say that in Barbie, like, on TikTok, there was this one uh, TikToker that started doing the reverse. What was it? The Bendel? The, the Bechdel uh, test. Bechdel. Yeah. She did the reverse Bechdel test where it's like two men have to have a conversation. Oh, <laughs> Barbie? And it fails. <laughs> like, I, just, okay. I just think the movies are like have shitty animation and shitty stories, but if girls... Are you talking if, about Barbie? I'm, Get the fuck out of here. Listen, listen. I'm, that, that's yeah, really yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm saying like other people can enjoy that shit, but I'm, I'm going to just say it, it's not for me. Uh, but I fuck, with Wings, I, I, fuck, I fuck with Wings Club. With Austin. <laughs> I, I fuck with Wings Club. This like, opinion is not Barbie, not Monster High. <laughs> well, I fuck with the idea of Barbie, like in the movies. But Have you actually sat through them? No. I'm sorry. No. I want to fucking kill myself every time no, I try watching them. No, you haven't even them. sat through them. You don't I even sat know. through the fucking the the one with the pony. Princess in the Popper. No. Well, that movie you just showed up there. I no, could say up. that was ass. I didn't it even is see ass. it though. Um, oh wait, Super Eight. No, that's a good movie. No, I, I saw I saw Swan Lake and I saw a Christmas Carol in a bit of Rapunzel. No, oh, those are not the great. Have you seen the Swan Princess movies? The, you have to see the good I ones. saw Swan Lake, all right? I, my sister's Char- had three. Princess Charm School is a favorite of mine. Um, Fairy Secret's another favorite of mine. I also like the Nutcracker. The I, I The Rapunzel one is okay. literally... I don't really like that one, so I think that's <laughs> yeah, a really that's, bad... Well, that's tainted in my mind. <laughs> that, like, no, that's not what it is. Imagine if the only Marvel movie you ever saw were like, were like Captain Marvel and like... That's Thor 2 and Iron Man 3. That's why you have to see the other ones, because the other ones, they're really good because... It, like the Three Musketeers. Yeah, but at Barbie this point, I have is like different... literally fighting against the whole norm that men can only be musketeers, and they only they also do it in like a very feminine way where they yeah. wear skirts yeah. and stuff like that. But it's not forced. It's I like they like embrace it because it's part of them, yeah. and I, then they like prove themselves. Fly. Yeah. If I was a friends. kid, I probably would have checked it out. But at this point, like I'm rather I'd much rather watch like Them on Louise or something mm-hmm. versus fucking Barbie. Like I don't want to. If if I was with y'all. 
If I was with y'all, I might check out, like, Barbie, or fuck, even Monster High. Don't show me Bratz, please. I can't fucking stand Bratz. I love Bratz. But, um, you gotta understand that Bratz was, like, the first, like, representation of all women. Like, race, like... Sasha. Culture, like, it showed so many different, like, aspects of people and... I don't know. I just really respect Bratz because, like, it. it goes against Barbie, which is just, like, one, like, white girl. Well, yeah, isn't that, isn't yeah. Barbie just, like, a white girl and a white dude? Well, like, like her story is that she's an actress and that she's playing in all these different movies. I, I, yeah, that makes sense. Wait, that's... I'm not going to get into the controversial yeah, so, past like, of it was Barbie. in Barbie, um, a fashion paradise where fashion she goes stuff. into, like, Paris. And then right. in that movie, she gets fired as an actress. I don't know why. She was... Filming for, like, this Princess and the Peas movie or something like that. And she was supposed to, like, start, re- like, refilming for yeah. Barbie A Mermaid Tale 2. Yeah. She was supposed to start filming that. They had the posters in her trailer and everything, but they fired her for some reason. Was this during those Barbie vlogs on You know what was the peak no, of no, no, feminism, no, no, no. though? Like, inclusive feminism, too? Those little mouse books... Um, <gasps> oh, Stilted? Those yes, ones? yes, oh, the God, girl ones, ones though. Wait, yeah, like they ones. were so inclusive. I remember reading that shit and being like, they all the one that they went to Paris. They are so cool. They're both like they're all like fucking fashionistas, but they also Here, like they they have like martial arts skills and shit like that, and they have like all their own like cool skills, their own like like, little identities and stuff. It's so fucking cool. I remember reading that shit and being, like, Be a Silton. Yeah, do you know, I, ha- I stopped watching after they changed the animation style for Barbie, but, like, I think it was in a recent movie. Oh, I've never seen that. It was in a recent movie where Barbie meets another Looks girl familiar. named Barbie, and she's black, awesome. actually. And I'm from really? New York. Yeah, I've seen what? that. They made a black, <laughs> a black Barbie, Barbie, so they're introducing the other Barbies that look different. So you know how they started <gasps> expanding their collection. Yeah, she has braids and everything. Oh, period. And then she's like, like I'm Barbie. And she's like, I'm Barbie too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I saw that. It was so cute. Oh, I when I grew I up, I had a black Barbie. And, and I was so happy. They're just really? so cool. They have like, they have like, different cultures and they show like all of like, their like traditions well, and stuff, up, yeah. and they like visit each place they're from to go on an adventure. It's so fucking cool, and it was like the highlight of my childhood reading. Those <laughs> I love books. when reading those books. Like when it says a certain word, the word is animated to what that word is. Oh, that's cool. so like it say cool yeah. and it like have ice on. That's it. what made me love reading mm-hmm. for so long because I was like, I think my I read ADHD all the books. brain can I read. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about. Victoria's Secret and like I hate oh. fucking Victoria's Secret. Recently, Victoria's Secret. I can't. I'm kind of. It's pretty bad. Recently, Sexist. they're like we're gonna. Well, didn't they do introduce a Down syndrome girl recently? But I feel like what? it's been no, so. Long. I don't know about that, but I know they introduced a black trans woman into their. Yeah. Um, no. After oh, yeah, yeah. after the like owner literally like said that trans women were like disgusting yeah like, so it's taking this um, that's not even yeah they really like say that they're expanding to like more body inclusivity and stuff like that they posted a statement about it and i was like it's i didn't know how to late. feel i it's felt like it late. was late but then i was yeah. also like i guess it's like a step forward but like they no, also for a long time just only like skinny women for skinny women that they like, yeah. Did you remember that thing that came out like a like two years ago? It was this AI model, and they they like put her on the no, they put her on the runway, and and she looks 
real, like so real or whatever. And she was black and it was a huge deal. And I got so pissed because it's like, we already like don't have enough representation of actual like black women in like modeling industry. And then they put a fucking AI robot in it. Like, it's like introducing our first robotic trans character. Where are the trans characters? Like, yeah, what the fuck? It was it was so disgusting to me that they did that, and they were like, "This is the new way of modeling." I was like, "You're putting An AI. a bunch of people out of jobs, and like also like you could actually hire a real person mm-hmm. instead of." And they also made this like AI model look perfect, right? Like hourglass figure, and like you're also creating like. Body dysmorphia for that's, so many you know, people. That's crazy. body dysmorphia. Fashion Nova. Th- Fucking Fashion Nova. That's, we can talk about that. That's how on you know. BBL. Like, we can talk a whole BBL episode about that. That robotic yeah. thing that you bring up just shows, like, this is clearly probably thought of by, like, white dudes or white girls just straight up like just saying like hey we don't have enough inclusivity so why don't we make a fucking robot just to make them shut up like you know bikinis were invented by men i believe it sadly well the first like bathing suit was invented by a woman and it was like a nightgown (laughs) (laughs) but that shit don't is not nice in the water. I'm afraid we need to see more skin. We want these women to look prettier. Oh my god, I'm sorry. This might be on topic or it might be actually off topic. But like when it comes to women's uniforms for sports. Dude. I have such an issue with that. I was in track and then I remember in high school I had like these nice shorts my freshman year and then I feel what was it my because I went back to track yeah. my junior year. My mother goes, were short. And I was like, I'm just going to bring my own shorts. Yeah. And they weren't even a part of the uniform, but I felt more comfortable. Yeah. Or let's stay on topic with this. I have something. Oh, uh, sorry. No, no, no. Go Me? ahead. No, no. I'm saying let's stay on topic with this because there's my old school. Oh, because it was it was a TikTok recently that it was about women and the beach volleyball uniforms because oh, yeah. because what was I think it was a oh, Nor- yeah. Norwegian so team that wanted they had different, like, shorts mm-hmm. for their team, and they tried that, but then they were, like, threatened with, like, getting, like, eliminated entirely because it wasn't up to code with, like, the regulations and standards that they but were, they like, placing on. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, I don't know. I feel like, like, it's with men, too, because, like, men have, like, these longer shorts, and, like, right. apparently they can play volleyball fine, but women are just required yeah, to have the shorter right ones. Or, like, with cheerleading with men, they're covered from head to, right. like, from neck to legs completely, but women are expected to wear these, like, tiny shorts underneath their skirts and, like, crop tops, like, well... I know. One of my best friends was in volleyball, and I remember she said, like, this sport, like, doesn't make sense for you to wear shorts in the first place. She didn't play beach volleyball. She played, like, in the gym. Mm-hmm. And she said, you're always sliding on your legs. Like, yeah. you scrape your legs so much on the fucking, like, hardwood floors and everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is the kind of sport that, like, is designed for, like, pants. Like, it doesn't make any sense for, like, your uniform to be literal booty shorts mm-hmm. and like some like maybe like a little knee bit of like knee pads else. yeah I remember that was in volleyball but yeah that pissed me off too Danny so yeah no. you were gonna say uh, yeah so real quick so my old fucking school um from 7th to 12th grade um I'm not gonna say the actual name but it's a Great Hearts Academy school I'm gonna put that out because y'all can go fuck yourself I'm sorry if, y'all, <laughs> if any of y'all are listening to this I'm sorry I, some of the teachers were really cool you know who you are 
And some of y'all, and, and, and some of y'all, if you are listening, I'm sorry, but y'all got to change some of that shit because <laughs> at my fucking school, I get uniforms. All right. Guys have uniforms. Girls have uniforms. Mm-hmm. But when it's fucking 30 degrees outside and I'm wearing, because I always wear pants. I never wore shorts. Mm-hmm, right. I'm wearing my fucking cargo pants and my shirt and, and like my sweater. It's cold, but it's enough. Mm-hmm. When these girls have sweaters and skirts, straight up skirts, like barely stockings. And if there are stockings, their skirt is still up enough to where they can feel the cold on their legs. Mm-hmm. And I hear my sisters complain about it. I hear my friends complain about it. I hear like... Could I have a pants option? Barely, but like everyone looks at the ugly? girls' weird... Uh, cargo pants. Like yeah, girls can wear them. Girls have worn them. But it's it's not looked down upon. Like they could do what they want. But the fact that they don't have better uniform options for, for female students... Yeah. It's so fucking annoying to me. And they were trying to get that on the committee and be like, hey, let's fucking do something about it. And the only di- thing they did since I left was make the fucking uniforms uglier and mm-hmm. shittier. And yeah. I'm sorry, Greyhearts, y'all got to fix that shit because y'all motherfuckers are pissing me off yeah. along with all the other fucking students. And you're letting them fucking freeze in the cold. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your Texas schools. Fuck your Arizona schools. And fuck you. Go, go, Twist go, my go. dick. That's a play on words for one of the dudes. I'm sorry. Okay, look, in all honesty, y'all got to fix that shit, please. Come on. But yeah, I'm sorry. Just fuck off. Go ahead. I will say for public schools, dress code was only made for women. Yeah. For girls. Because and I no remember... spaghetti straps. Or else, oh my God. I, a guy might get turned on. Differently. Like, yeah. If a skinny girl is wearing like a tank top, they don't get dressed. There's coded. no dress code in But like, if you have a chest, you're gonna get dressed. It's I not even for girls. Coded. It's for the male teachers because they would be sexualizing the female students. <laughs> Think one time I got I'm dressed coded. Glad you're not wearing strap. Otherwise, I might have to fuck you after class. <laughs> what the fuck is what that? <laughs> Anyways, I'm saying say fuck you, guys, no, no, no. man. That shit is oh, disgusting. Goddamn. She was saying. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I was wearing. I know I was wearing high waisted shorts. You know, I'm like a, I have a very curvaceous, you know, figure. Yeah. yeah. And I was. Huh? You got a <laughs> <laughs> But I was also wearing yeah. a sweater. <laughs> I was wearing like a sweater crop top and then I almost got dress coated. I was like, girl, literally my arms are covered. My legs are covered. It's yeah. just a crop top. And it's a high-waisted pants. Mm-hmm. Is so, my stomach turning you on? I like, know. What the fuck? Uh, like, we couldn't wear <laughs> spaghetti shrubs. And I remember this one girl, she was wearing a skirt and she got dress coated because she was wearing a skirt. Yeah. And it was so irritating because it's like, I remember one time they threatened us for, like, you're not allowed to wear, like, hold pants, like, pants with holes in them. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, yeah. yes, you're going to lick my ankle you know? and just get toe yeah. turned I on. I can't even my friends would make fun of, like, oh, yeah. on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I got dress coded for wearing fucking sandals one time. And I was like, what? what? You know why that's so sad to me is because it's, like, women are sexualized at such a young age yeah. mm-hmm. like compared to men like that's just actual evidence because like the dress code you could be like well like what men aren't wearing that's not sexy or whatever but it's like society has just deemed what the, what is sexy and what is not like what if men's like legs were considered sexy like I know that's gross to think about <laughs> but <laughs> if, the roles if, were if it was swish or whatever like do you think it would be different? Like, you know, this was actually a thing in my middle school that I kind of went on to my high school. 
And middle school, like, the girls would get dress-coded a lot. And then there was this one guy who would always wear a tank top. It was, like, those, like, ugly-ass tank tops. You know, mm. the white tank tops? Right. Yeah. Uh-oh. And so... The wife beaters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give it yeah. that title, but that's what, yeah. yeah. In, in Italy, they're called guinea shirts, which is actually a Isn't that a slur? slur yeah, that's for, a slur. For, um, for Italians. For Italians. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, God. so he was wearing that. And, like, it actually took a few of me and my friends to, like, bring it up to our teachers and be like that's the spaghetti strap, why aren't you dress coding him? And they're like, oh, well, like, it's not. And I was like, what? And then it wasn't until a couple more tries that then teachers were like, okay, I guess we'll start dress coding him. And anytime he would have that oh, only on, he would, everything. he would, like, start getting dress coded. And I, Sorry, his shoulders are <laughs> Yeah, and, like, me and my friends, we were like, that is the ugliest thing to ever uh. see. Why are you not dress coding <laughs> him? I'm not dress coding him because <laughs> it's not turning me on because he's a guy. Also, real quick, also, game, I, I, I feel like Boys should get dress code for fucking tight ass pants. Like yeah. I can see your balls <laughs> from a mile away, bitch. Yeah. Or short ass shorts. Like, bitch, I, I see your whole ass. They would only get like, dress coded if they were like caught sagging, right? Yeah, yeah. Sagging. Are you kidding me? Out. No one cares about your bussy, bitch. <laughs> Wait, real quick, real quick. I, I, I do. I do have to bring up something really seriously. Early yeah. on, I made a pretty edgy joke, which I'm not gonna edit out about. Um, you know, like a, a guy teacher wanting to fuck one of the students. I was very explicit with it. And the reason why I said it is because there was a creepy teacher at one point in my school. And I'm going to be honest, like, I'm just, I, I need to be really careful because I'm not trying to come from any place of defamation. And, you know, I just, I, I, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a really serious thing. You know, I, I, I don't want to get sued. So uh, for legal reasons, I'm going to say I apologize. And if anyone from Great Hearts is listening, um, please don't sue me. Um, all right, now let's get back to the podcast. So what were you saying, Mr. Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about my breath. <laughs> um. That's what I said about. Anyways. Apart from acting. I remember in cross country, the boys wear these short-ass shorts. And they're allowed yeah, to wear these shorts where their whole, not just their booty cheeks, <laughs> their whole balls were out swinging. That's the thing, though. Like, I wore, like, short shorts, like, commando, and a girl fucking... But ugh, we weren't so allowed shitty. to wear sports bras running. Mm. Just like, just like... Yeah. No, they would, like, say, get no a shirt sense. on. Yes. Like, bitch... I could see your whole situation right there. You, you can't take a razor to that shit. High five! Get like, How did you clap, Joe? Oh. <laughs> it's gross. This is coming from me. I'm a guy, and I think leg. this is fucking gross. <laughs> Something touched my leg. That's so nasty. Oh, it was so gross, and they were running, so you could see it. Oh. Oh, Good game, boys. <laughs> Yeah, with the, with the shower. God. Speaking of exploitive nudity, as much as I love that show, I'm going to be honest. It, it's, There's a lot of dicks. Uh, I, I'm surprised the last fucking three Euphoria? episodes. No, no, I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, we, oh. Earlier we were talking about sexuality and <laughs> how it's represented thing. in the it's U.S. It's kind of sad watching like, Sydney Sweeney in that show. Yeah, because her boobs are always I out. I kind of feel bad for her. Well, she has like come out in like statements saying she doesn't feel uncomfortable by it, but she does prefer like if, her, if it's not needed. Then she'll then talk to the director and he'll cut it. Which I think it's I've sad for her because she's the only character yeah. like showing her like. I'm surprised. Rewatching season one, I'm surprised Maddie showed him straight up like in the first episode and in the second episode. Hunter, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter, Hunter Schaefer too, but her. yeah, I feel like Hunter Schaefer because 
she had a lot of creative uh, process with her special episode. Yeah. A lot of nudity was in that episode, but I also think, like, there's a difference between Hunter Schaefer, who wrote that to kind of make it more of a liberating and, like, a personal story versus like Sydney Sweeney. I that definitely feels like she's being a she's little being more objectified. But yeah. I do like that she has mentioned that she's like, hey, this feels kind of unnecessary. Right. So I'll talk to the director, and the director will be there's, more than happy to cut it. There's some parts where Why I'm like, this, yeah, exactly. She she shouldn't have to right. be in that position to say, hey, this is a little too much. Even like the whole Rue and sorry, we're not gonna. Or we could keep talking about Euphoria. But... I kind of want to make it a don't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make I feel it like something. it's a good example of, like, toxic femininity, though, because, like, she, Cassie like... Cassie right now? Cassie <laughs> is so toxic femininity. <laughs> but also, like, bringing up, like... I feel like Jules, in her episode, she does a really good job of explaining, like, what toxic femininity is and, like, how conforming to, like, one side of femininity and trying to be this, like male like view of what femininity is is like i don't know confusing i mean coming somewhat from someone who's also queer and like watching that episode i was like shit like this is exactly how i feel put into words (laughs) so like seeing that representation of like what toxic femininity really is because like growing up with it I didn't really know it existed. I knew about toxic masculinity, of course, because, like, machismo, and I've always heard of it. But, like, I never really heard that it was, like, that, like, toxic masculinity was inflicted on women, making them toxic, and then also, like, demonstrate those, like, same things and thoughts and conformities against women. Mm -hmm. But also, like, with Sydney Sweeney, I just think... Her being over-sexualized is, like, kind of sad, but also kind of, like, necessary in some parts because her character is, like, supposed to be Mm over-sexualized. Like, it's supposed to show, like, she doesn't want to be sexualized, but she's just doing it to please men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, The creepy uncles, like... Yeah. it's It's so uncomfortable to watch, but, like... There's my sweet Cassie. Yeah. Oh, You've grown so much. There <laughs> are families, and, like, I know people that yeah. Yeah, have yeah. that in their life, and it's like, fuck, shit. Damn. Yeah. I do like that it touches on that, though. It, mm-hmm. I Regardless, I think it's a good fucking show, but yeah. um, especially this last episode, which we'll get into in another episode, but... Once the, I, I feel like we should make an episode once the show is completely done. Yeah. And it's yeah, just a full it? spoiler. Because yeah. <laughs> there's like so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. More people are noticing, like, I want to bring it back to, like, what this is about. is like, mm-hmm. toxic, like, yeah. white femininity. I feel like more people are noticing that it's, like, a thing. Especially with the Karen thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what Karen thing? Like, Karen's in general? Karen's in Dude. general. Ah. I feel like it shows, like, how, like women I don't know like they think that they're speaking up for like equality <laughs> and what they deserve but when they're really just like demeaning other people and bringing other people down and making other people feel like they're bad at their job or useless and I mean you can like complain about something without like being like diminishing the other person yeah exactly oh, and I feel like that's like a perfect example of like I don't know just like white toxic femininity mm-hmm. couldn't have said it better myself yeah, no, I don't think well. feminism mm-hmm. is a bad thing it's just 
when you realize some of the bad things about it, you're just like, it kind of opens your eyes. So right. we're not saying being a feminist is a bad thing. It's just make There's sure so that you're actually including everyone. Yeah. Like women of color and like trans women or just women that that are part of the LGBT, LGBT community because we're all being oppressed. Yeah. Some more than others, but you know, we still need to include everyone into the feminism group because, I don't know, it's just shitty to like go on Instagram or TikTok and expect people to like speak up for you or like all the black women that are being murdered and like yeah. raped, not even just black women, like native women Dude, too. Native Asian women, bad. Asian women, it's really fucking it's sad. Really the thing bad. With, like, um, I remember watching a video about it for one of my classes where, like, these Native American women, they would go on their motorcycles and go and, like, ride around, I think it was Canada, a little bit into the United States, like, is like, is like a circle yeah, to, like, help spread awareness to, like, the Native American women that were getting, that were being, that were missing right. and that they were being raped and that were getting kidnapped because... Mm. Why are we talking about that? Yeah. I actually found out about that when I when it was um, on my TikTok uh, spreading about that residential school that they um, that they found the four hundred and thirteen yes. bodies of like the kids yeah. or like oh, their shoes. Fuck. I heard about that. Yeah, but that I I kinda wanna get into it in a different episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I feel like when you, like, especially when it comes to like race and like feminism and being and like people acknowledging things like that and speaking up about that i feel like once you've been discriminated and like like unheard your whole life you don't think when you bring up something like that traumatizing that anyone will hear you and it's so sad to like to admit that that that's what our society has come to but it's so true because i mean if you're constantly ignored your whole life and just like told that you're second and that you won't be heard then you won't come out and you won't talk about it Mm -hmm. and I feel like the me too movement is a really good example about how as women no matter what you identify as or what race you are you can come out and speak about your issues and be acknowledged not just by the justice system but by your community and coming out to that like as someone who was assaulted is really powerful and it is very I I should give a warning about this but um, it's very like liberating to come out and say it like freely it still hurts me but it's empowering I know for for other women to express that and not to feel unheard or feel like they can't speak up about it and I feel like so many times people joke about the Me Too movement and it really pisses me off because you have to understand that that movement like liberated so many women Mm -hmm. because they they might have not gotten their day in court but they were able to be heard by people they were able to speak their truth and that in and of itself is feminism is being able to freely speak without fearing about you being feeling weak or feeling like if you admit to this then you're less feminine or you're less masculine or it's the idea that we can speak freely and equally and be heard and like feel and have like a safe environment too yeah to say anything that you want right 
and like something that I was thinking about and something that a lot of people have said a lot of people have said too is like feminism isn't just the free the nipple movement or like right we want to show up our bodies and like it's fine it's just making sure that women are protected I feel like that's a good way to say it making sure that they feel protected and that they have a safe environment and that we're speaking up for the women that aren't being heard or the ones that never got to put their voice out because yeah they were murdered or they were they just got missing so I feel like we should like shouldn't generalize feminism to like this one thing because it's so much more than what's being portrayed into the media yeah I totally agree and it's also about just like gaining a perspective on it and doing your research like yeah. I, I, I call myself Education. I call myself a feminism but um, I'm gonna let people who don't know what this is or don't know about this know like a bit about my situation I'm currently a part of um, I'm currently a part of a group in during in my university of Latinx group of girls called the Hermanas. And the main reason why I joined the group isn't so I could use my voice as a male to be like, here are these problems. It's to fucking listen. Like, yeah. I, yeah. My, my whole life, and e- even like, my whole life I've been trying to explain stuff to people and talk to people and give my side of what I've experienced. And, and uh, like, obviously it's, Part of what I've gone through and like my own traumas is important, but a lot of like like what you said T and um, Morgan with uh, like black women and native women and Asian women being like misrepresented, there's so much of like every fucking race and religion of women that isn't heard of mm-hmm. that yeah. people don't hear about or don't really think about and just mm-hmm. going to those hermanas meetings and like, hearing about the machismo like obviously i know about it but actually hearing other people's experiences of what they're going through and how much that affected them i hope in any way shape or form it it gives me more knowledge so that i can avoid doing that in the future when i have when i gain kids or when i become a director like i'm gonna say this right now the Me Too movement, I think, personally, is one of the best things to ever happen in Hollywood. The fact that it even had to happen is so awful, yeah. but that whole, like, we're not going to take shit, and we don't care if people, like, you know, miss, like, throw us to the side. Like, they were like, we're going to go out of our way to, yeah. like, hold these assholes accountable. Even, like, the, the ones who... Like, one victim, that's one victim. It doesn't have to be 50 women coming out against, like, like a Bill Cosby thing. Louis C.K. did something Mm -hmm. shitty, and maybe it was one person, maybe it was two. The fact of the matter is, it shouldn't matter how severe or how not severe. The fact of the matter is, they did that shit, and they need to be fucking held accountable. And because I'm going into the entertainment industry, and there's a lot wrong with the entertainment industry... I want to know as much of the worst case scenario so that if I notice it in like small shut it down I shut it down immediately or 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 put it in its place or let it or put light to it and be like listen I don't give a fuck how long this person's been working for me as a film editor I caught them trying to sexually assault someone right. in in this office and I'm fucking 
shutting them down and, and let people know so that I can say, don't hire this person. They yeah. need to be fucking held accountable. That's not defamation. That is legitimately putting them in their fucking place and saying, hey, you cannot get away with this shit. And... Part of me is really lucky that I grew up in a time where the Time's Up movement was a thing because the I, Time's Up? Or, 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 sorry, me too. Is it the same stuff? I've never heard of I Time's Up. I've never heard of that. The Time's Up movement? Nope. Um, it never was, heard of it. It's, basic, it's essentially the same thing. I've done some research on it. I but, feel like what me too movement did differently because i think i know what you're talking about is that they established that you're not a victim you're a survivor you're able to overcome that and show that your bravery through saying yes me too like this has happened to me too yeah and i feel like that's really important because when we establish that victim that victim it it's it's almost like a negative word Mm -hmm. like hitting your heart every time because you feel like Small. Small, yeah. It makes you feel so small. And it's like, no, you survived that shit. You overcame it. And you are going to be able to live and and do more and talk about it and experience more beyond that one experience that it won't define you. And just hearing other people's stories through Me Too has inspired so many people to come out and even report their crimes to the criminal justice system and get get them taken to court. I mean, in a time like Me Too movement, all of these things about Harvey Weinstein, about Jeffrey Epstein, about all these people were being exposed. And I feel like... Trump. Yeah, Trump and everyone. <laughs> Sorry, and I, I feel like reading the articles and like the court papers of like yeah. the minors and just. So and fun. I feel like immediately, Me Too movement for me was really powerful, but then it was also put in this such a negative lighting of like, oh well, now all these women are gonna Me Too everyone now, Me Too everyone now. But it's like, we need to hold these people accountable, yes. and it doesn't matter. If, if they report something, you investigate it no matter what. You, you talk to these people. You, you, you talk to these survivors. You fire these assholes. You put these people in prison. And listen. Like, and you listen, exactly. And I think that's so amazing that you're able to like know that you don't want to contribute to that cycle. And you want to break that cycle and show that... I'm not gonna let these assholes be in the industry. Like, and I, I just for me, I know you're gonna make it big just by your character. Yeah. So you got our support, dude. You got our support, but also I'm just so proud to like hear like, um, like a male person like say like things like this that they want to listen, that they want to learn, that they want to break this cycle, that they want to contribute to helping the feminist movement because that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be just women saying like help us. It's supposed to be everyone working together mm-hmm. to end this cycle, to break the cycle, to educate our, each other. And for me like listening to that I'm just like empowered just listening to you talk about your experiences and about 
your sisters and how you wanted to be there for them and you saw their struggles and you wanted to break your own toxic masculinity. And I respect you for like sitting here listening to us just shit on men. <laughs> and I shit on men, but I, I respect men like you that are mm-hmm. able to educate themselves and learn. And I think that in order for us to like stop shitting on men, men should just be better. Like if if you want to stop being shat on, like be like Austin. That's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) It's really flattering to hear that from y'all. And honestly, it's thank you. That that is what I need to hear. But I I do need to tell this to all my listeners and to you three, Mm -hmm. like right now. I'm, in the past I have said things to, to, to other people, obviously when I was a kid, and I don't want to dismiss it as me being a kid. I... Yeah. Are you canceling yourself? No, I'm, 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 <laughs> being, I'm being completely honest because I don't want this to come back to bite me in the ass if yeah. anyone that I used to know yeah. comes out and says, this is what Austin did at one point in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During my eighth grade year, and, and especially during elementary school, I could say I didn't know any better, but I really did. I, I, I would say certain things that were inappropriate mm-hmm. and, and offensive to other people that... It, to people who said they weren't offended, but I couldn't tell at the end of the day. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because if I'm going to bring out my strengths at the moment, I need to acknowledge where I fucked up in the past mm-hmm. and uh, and <laughs> to anyone that's listening if I've said anything in the past that's offended you or or made you see me in a less way whether it's my friends from high school or the kids I was hanging out with in elementary school I've said some things in the past that whether it was deemed as a joke or not was just borderline inappropriate and offensive and mm-hmm. and I don't want to pretend like I'm a perfect human being cuz I'm not but a lot of my mistakes that I did in the past you know I I have I'm only trying to get better and that's why I'm doing the best I can to educate myself and and be like learn as much as I can from other people and other cultures because at one point in my lifetime I was very selfish and was trying I was trying so hard to reach a sort of group of people that I didn't need to and basically where I'm getting at with that is again I do thank you and I and I want to do everything in in my future that I can to become a better person every day I I fuck up every now and then I'll say some edgy stuff but I'm, I'm never coming from a place of hate. Even the people that I come in, just people that I bicker with, I always want to come out as the bigger person. And I feel that I really do have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, it's... I, I, I have to acknowledge the fact that at one point in my lifetime, I was saying stuff that I to this day disagree with that sometimes keep me up at night and if that's any memory that you have of me if you're listening to this I hope in any way shape or form you can forgive me 
and to you three, if I've said or done anything, I hope in any way you can forgive me because I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be a better person and the best I can do is just improve. And again, I, I really do appreciate you all saying that, but I do need to acknowledge when I fucked up because I don't want this to come back to me as like Austin's being praised as this like, and I've, I but haven't this hurt is what makes intent. me respect you so much, though. I'm not so much praising you, but respecting you for... Because mm-hmm. you can for, of, acknowledge the thing that you did and know that you fucked up. Unlike yeah. some people. I just respect you for yeah. so much for for changing, because changing is really, really hard. And there's times where I'm like, my people like my brother, who are like the true form of toxic masculinity... I, I have, like, no hope for him to change. And to see people, like, and hear your story of how you have changed and how you have taken those experiences and you have evaluated them and you have really come back out, like, wanting to listen, wanting to see a different perspective that you didn't see before is really powerful. And I just want to show you that I respect that. And I think that the listeners or people that you might have heard in the past will respect that too because it's a really hard thing to change who you are as a person when you're wrong and admit that you're wrong and I think that you should know that you're very strong for doing that because there's a lot of times where I don't do that (laughs) and I try to but I just don't and change for me is really hard and I feel like I've admitted that a lot for how much I've changed and how long it's taken me. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to let you know that I respect you and that what you're saying and what you say on this podcast, I really respect because I feel like you're not only listening to people like us talking right in front of you, but you're listening to your sisters and your dad and your and your past experiences, you're evaluating them and growing from that. And and just that right there is really powerful. And I just want you to know. Thank you. And and real quick, I'm just going to end this off, my whole thing. Um, sorry if this comes off as a really stupid fucking audio apology, YouTuber apology video, but like... If, if you are listening and you just don't like me for any reason, I'm not, again, asking for forgiveness. I just want to let you know that I'm trying. And I feel like I've come a long way since since I was a kid, when it, immature. And I clearly knew what I was doing. I'm not, I'm not putting it off as me being a kid because it was wrong then and it's wrong now. But I, I hope in any way anyone listening, if you do not like me or if you had reasons to not like me, that in any way you can at least somewhat understand that I'm trying. And that's basically where I wanted to end that off. We yeah. love you for that, too. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Should we end it? You end it with the affirmations of the night. Positive affirmations. Yeah, let's do one affirmation. So, oh, you're going to go on a quick thing? What are you going to say? Yeah, say, say I just want to go like a little quick thing. Because I just looked at this base and I was like, wait, this is like my earliest form of feminism. So I got this bracelet when I was in fifth grade. I got it at a zoo. And I asked my mom, because it had like a little message to it. And it was, if you bought this bracelet, the money goes towards some kind of like organization that would help with trafficking. Yeah. Like women, girls getting trafficked. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. like Middle Eastern. And I don't know. 
I just like looked at it now when I was fixing it. I was like, this is my earliest form of feminism. <laughs> and I just, I've had this since I was in the fifth grade, and every and I've worn it a lot. It's yes. it's been through a lot. Every time I look at it, yeah. or if I take it off for like a few days, I'm like, I want to put that shit back on because like it means so, so much to me, mm-hmm. especially what it's for. Mm-hmm. But I just want to go on that because like I just yeah. remember that I was like, we're talking about feminism today, so <laughs> it's, it's an awesome story. Yeah. Because like feminine feminism means like everything. To like different for everyone and i just think that's really like cute well not cute but like beautiful yeah. that mm-hmm. like you like carry that with you and it's like a reminder that like there's survivors out there and there's a way to break this cycle this and always like reminds me of that and i'm like very proud to wear it too because i'm yeah. i'm always trying my best too to like help with stuff like that i remember i would be signing petitions like Sorry, can't give any money right now, but like yeah. I want to help spread a marriage, mm-hmm. like awareness and like oh, sign yeah. petitions for I anything love doing that. I, that. I literally have the like waiver.com like subscription because yeah. um, I'm always sign- signing like waivers for like different acts and stuff. They never get passed, but like it's an effort just mm-hmm. like putting that forward. But, anyways, with our daily affirmations, I just want to want everyone to know that. Um, you are divine human, no matter what you identify as, no matter what you have experienced, you are a survivor. You will get through this day, you will get through the next day, and hopefully this cycle will be broken one day, and that there will be equality for everyone. And I feel like we just have to continue fighting the good fight and looking ahead and acknowledging and respecting and changing I mean, we learned a lot through this podcast about what change is and how we can listen and how we can adapt as people. And I feel like all of the listeners and people that subscribe and follow us know that you are loved no matter what and that there are resources out there for anyone that needs help and that anyone, for anyone that wants to help in the acts for equality there are waivers you can sign there are ways to educate yourself through the media and of course there are if you listen to anything that we said before i encourage you to research more about it to develop your own opinions and to share those with other people because that's how we break the cycle is educating ourselves and just learning and listening to each other and with that I would like to say good night and we love you. And, we love and, you. and real quick, uh, for anyone who's interested in anything we spoke about, I would recommend uh, a film called, uh, just a really beautiful film, one of my favorites. Also, Morgan really likes it, called But I'm a Cheerleader. Uh, check out the theatrical or the director's cut. It's such a beautiful movie, such a beautiful message, and. It has a bit of that uh, toxic femininity. It's it's just a great movie. Check it out if you can. Uh, anyone 13 and up, I'd say go check it out. And with that being said, sorry, y'all. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night.